Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people in their 30s are on their quest to find love. I am Jen Sanford. That illustrious voice is Kyle Marshall. We're here with you on another Friday night. Welcome. Welcome to you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Just uh, living that grinder lifestyle, Jen. Oh Just God. grinding it out, if you know what I mean. You know, I have to say that I sometimes feel like I'm in an alternative reality to myself <laughs> because when we met, you were just like, hi, I'm Kyle. Nice to meet you. And now you're mm -hmm. like, look at me go. I want everyone to know this. I want Jen <laughs> to know this. I want the audience to know this. All of this is Jen's fault. Okay. Oh, no. If we had not started this podcast, there is no way that I would have been bold enough to be like, I'm going to hop on Grinder. I'm going to have random hookups. I'm going to have the best sex of my life. This is all due. It's all Jen's fault is what I'm oh, trying to say. It's boy. all Jen's fault. Pause for legal copy there. Um, legal disclaimer. Kyle, well, mm -hmm. on, on that, I think the relationship scorecard, ding, ding, belongs to you. Let's mm -hmm. uh, let's go. How, how are you doing? Last we heard, mm -hmm. you were in a three bear si situation where you yes, had one guy be... that was too hot, one guy that was mm -hmm. too cold, and one guy that was from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Correct. The third canonical bear in that story is a Lord of the Rings character. It is Legolas. So again, we have to, I think, do a preface here and let people know that when we say a three bears situation, we are not talking bear in the LGBTQ plus terminology of that word. In, in this case, I do actually mean it in the Goldilocks term. Uh, you're filibustering. You're filibustering. <laughs> I like to give people context before I start answering my yeah. questions. Yeah. And I have to endure that context on a day-to-day -day basis. So mm -hmm. what's the update, man? Come on. People want to know. I termed it as someone who was too hot, meaning there was one person who was sexually compatible, but not really emotionally compatible. Another person who was emotionally compatible, but not sexually compatible. And a third person who you raked me over the coals last <laughs> week by saying, oh, you just, just dating him already. What's the problem? There's no problem. I think I may have overstated the case by saying, oh, he's the perfect blend of these two. I really should have called him like lukewarm. Maybe that should be his like moniker is lukewarm. I think to be fair, I think what I was saying last week was that you had one guy who you had mixed chemistry with, another guy that you had mixed chemistry with, and then and a third person that you had good chemistry with. And you were like, however shall I choose? And I think I just was being the voice of all of our listeners that are like, if Kyle says one more dumb thing, we're going to make him wear a helmet. <laughs> so that's I think that was my point of view on it. Yes, maybe, no? Maybe I want to learn more about these people, Jen. I just want to also point out, to throw you under the bus, just a oh, little no. tiny bit here. I like how we started this podcast and you were like, you know, I'm not really feeling it with this guy. I, I don't know. I'm just not really feeling it. <laughs> know, right? And the next week, was like, I don't know. I'm really not feeling it with this guy. I don't know. And the third, fourth, and like 27th week was like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not really feeling it with this guy. <laughs> and you still kept going. If anyone has a chance to like try and wallow around and try and figure these relationships out, I am do it. When it took you <laughs> over 40 weeks to be like, I guess I'm dating this person. <laughs> I have to just say, those who cannot do, teach. Mm -hmm. So that's and those who cannot teach teach Jim. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to try and make this informative. Yet I can't talk for the next 40 minutes about all these people at once. Let's start with too hot. He was, of course, the person. Sex is great. And then as we're laying in bed, I'm like, I would like to be anywhere else but here right now. Like mm. there's just nothing to talk about here. He was also a person who like really over sexualized everything, even in text messages and in just our conversation, like everything I said was like flipped into like a sexual connotation, which is like fine if you want to be flirty for a bit, but gets I find a little annoying if it's like not like let's just can we just talk <laughs> for a bit? We don't have to always wrap this up in, in this type of language. Anyways, we were having a hot and heavy time. Uh, he had to leave for a business trip in Vancouver, so he was gone for a few days. And uh, following your advice from last week, I was like, I cannot juggle three different people. I can barely oh God, choose what was my... between two things on a menu at a restaurant. I cannot have three people in my life that I'm like going between, going on dates with, 
on a weekly basis. So we have to trim this down. What was my, I thought my advice was five. What? No, you said like kick everyone to the curb. That was, that oh, was your advice. I thought I was just like, keep going. But okay. Yeah. That's, that also sounds like me. He's gone for a few days. We actually did continue to text while he was away. But then when he got back, uh, he reached out to me and was like, Hey, would you like to come and hang out? We all know what Ooh, that means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like sat on it, sat on it, like, what do I say? What should I say? How do I phrase this? And then eventually I was just like, you know what? If you want to say friends, I'm totally cool with pursuing that. But I don't think that we are going to be the best match going forward. And because I've been going on these other dates, I have found someone else that is like better for me. Better fit. A better fit for me. I just want to be honest about it. And he was like, thanks for being honest. I don't think I want to be friends. Let's stop this. I was oh, there like, you go. Perfect. There you Great. go. There you nice go. clean end to that. Yeah, nice and clean. Nice and clean. So Papa Bear, or the hugger, as we termed him last week, has mm-hmm. bit the dust. He's now a rug on my living room floor. What happened? No, I'm just kidding. Just messing with you. <laughs> okay. Don't you love it when people tell a story and then you just go, oh, what happened? And you realize they haven't been listening the whole time. Sorry, I'm just trolling you. Okay, on to the next one. The hugger is gone. Next up, we have Sweetums. And Sweetums, <laughs> of course... <laughs> How can you tell you're on a podcast with a musical theater junkie? Uh, It's more that I love the Muppets a lot. So uh, Sweetums, of course, is very adorable, very affectionate, uh, very cute. We have this really great rapport, but he was also too cold. He was like the mama bear in the Goldilocks scenario. Hmm. And uh, again, he was perfect for me romantically, but there was no sexual chemistry. There was no sexual chemistry, and there still isn't. And so... This past week, because he lives so close, it's actually really easy and convenient to go and hang out with him because within five minutes we can be seeing each other naked. S- oh, naked. sorry. So, uh, but it's it's nothing. So we've gone on walks together. We've gone and seen a movie together. We've started watching Stranger Things together. But these are all like just friend things. We're just like doing friend stuff. I know that's uh, not the goal. Out. That was not the stated goal. No. And it's like, I do want that. Like, that is part of my thing. I want that. But also, I also want to have, like, that sexual outlet and release and that sort of thing. Yeah, you want the passion. I did start the conversation with that as well. (laughs) On Grindr, I mean, I started it off like, like, this is kind of my goal for the next short term. Yeah, you didn't growing it out. Like not to be crass, but you didn't get on Grindr to become in a Golden Girls, like, let's all hang out at Shady Acres and watch Netflix. That's not your stated goal. Although, if B. Arthur was on Grinder, I would totally hang out with her every single She'd day. She'd be very popular on Grinder. Let's just be honest. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know if this is a red flag or not, but uh, his mother is coming to visit and he has floated the idea of me meeting her. I'm like, we have known each other two weeks. I don't know. Get out! I don't know. Get out! Oh my God! Why didn't you open with that? Get out, Kyle! Get out! Get out! Get out! No! I've never seen you that far away from the microphone before. <laughs> just screaming at me. What are you? The hell? Yeah, okay, I would just... If there was ever a justification to ghost another human being, it is the following. Hey, I know we've only known each other for like four days. Do you want to meet my mom? Mm-hmm. Get out of there. Anyway, so I'm meeting his mother next week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so we'll see Kyle, how that goes. You would never, you would never, you would never do that to me. You would never do that to our faithful listeners. Mm-hmm. Run afoul like that. Okay, so he's out because he did that and that's unexcusable. So we're on to the third. <laughs> that, is, that is equivalent to a war crime. <laughs> yes, so. that, is a, that is a war crime. No, moving on. Okay, lastly we have... Legolas. This is the baby bear, of course, of the Goldilocks scenario, the, the quote-unquote just right. I'm saying lukewarm. Also, on the weekend, I had this job that I was downtown for a couple of days, and that's, of course, where he lives. Uh, you might want to be more specific. That just made you sound like a hooker. Oh, I am a gigolo. Yeah, I am a Canadian <laughs> okay, gigolo you. up here. Then carry on. Then carry I am on. the Richard Gere of the 2020s, is what I'm trying to say. Okay, well, that's your second lie of the podcast, <laughs> carrying on. <laughs> I'll just say, I was at, I was doing this hosting gig for this awards gala. So I was up on stage presenting awards, all this type of stuff. So the first night I'm down there, we had agreed, hey, why don't we, I'm down here anyways, why don't we meet for dinner after I'm done doing this hosting gig? And he was like, cool, yeah, uh, there's this cool restaurant that I like downtown. Let's meet there. 
tequila bar will be fun. And I was like, also, because my best gal pal, Jennifer Stanford, uh, had to cancel on me, I have this free ticket to see this musical in concert that I'm really excited about. Would you like to come? I said, yeah, totally. I'm down for that. I totally love theater. Okay, okay, okay. That's positive. That's on the bucket list. So we go to the tequila bar. That's fun. We have some drinks. We head on over to the to the main theater here in Calgary. Just as an aside, wonderful evening. It is probably one of my favorite productions I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm like tearing up. He's crying uh, by the end of it. It was beautiful. It was so good. That's why I didn't go. I couldn't risk the crying. <laughs> Uh, you have no emotions, Jen. We all know this. That's um, very true. <laughs> anyways, so it was a really great, great night. I thought, again, great connection. We don't do anything further that night because he has to be at like super early and yada, yada, yada. We embrace. Mm, he goes flag. home. If you want to, you want to. But the second night. Okay. I think we were having the same thought because we essentially text each other almost simultaneously while I'm downtown. And like, Ooh, can we just meet up again tonight? Since I'm downtown already, and he's like, "Do you want to meet up tonight?" And so, Isn't that fun when that happens. That's I love so it when that, happens, when that yeah. happens. Yeah. So we do. We after I'm done, I go over to his place, hang out uh, there for a bit. We do uh, make out, uh, not to be salacious. <laughs> and then, not to, cha- not to change the rating of this podcast to PG or anything. That's right. And then he was like, "I really want to go out tonight. Let's go out." For another drink. I'm like, okay, I, sure. I, I was getting worried. He was going to be like, you should meet my mother. <laughs> She's behind this curtain. And I'm like, okay, I've, I'm tired because I've expended a lot of, uh, of my introvertedness <laughs> in the last two days. Like, I've expended a lot. because I've had to be social, yeah. I'm tired. I was like, but sure, let's go for like a drink or two. It'll be fine. I was like, I have this great place that I want to go to. I was like, okay, cool. How close is it? I'm like, oh, it's it's like fairly close. And no one will know this if you're not in Calgary. But we are downtown, like north downtown. And he's like, it's on 17th Avenue. I'm like, well, that sounds like a bit of a walk, but whatever. I'm sure if he, if he says it's close, then it's probably relatively close. Uh, 35 minutes later, we're still walking <laughs> to get to this place. Oh, no. And you're pissed and off. I am so tired i just like i am beat and i'm walking i am just trooping across downtown in like oh, the worst yeah. shoes to be doing like a long trek journey like it's they're my nice like dress shoes that i'm wearing like this was not a good idea yeah. you've just lost the audience of any woman who's had to wear a high heel shoe with a man sure. who's been like yeah it's just up here it's just up here we get to the place and the place he wants to go to uh has a line of course outside of it and i told him absolutely not I am not lining up. I'm sorry. I cannot. <laughs> I have to be sitting down now. So we go across the street to this other place, have a lovely time. It was great. We start flirting, of course, you know, doing those little touches of each other's hands. Aww. And it gets to the point where it's like, we want to throw down. Like, it is, it is time to oh do this. Oh, God. We but guess what? Throw. It's another 40 fucking minute walk back <laughs> to his place. Say, you're out of position. <laughs> So we walk 40 minutes back to his place. (laughs) In the meantime, all your rings are closing on your Apple Watch. Oh my God, I I did my whole entire week in this one night. So we do get up to some funny business. Uh, We bang, to put it it plainly. Although, I'm so exhausted, it takes me a little bit longer than I really wanted to. But still, we get there. And then by this time, uh, it's two in the morning. And I'm like, I gotta... I got to get to bed. <laughs> I need to go home. So I left. <laughs> and so where does it sit today? Well, he did text me basically saying like, hey, am I reading too much into it? Or were like things weird last night? That was like the next day. Oh, and I was like, no. Uh, I hate it. I, and I said, it's like, that's you. Because there wasn't. I, like, I was just literally exhausted. <laughs> oh, I hate it when you have to do feelings. You have to do feelings. I hate that. When the person's like, hey, can we just recap the feelings of yes? I hate that. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Yuck. So anyways, that's where the three bears situate. I guess I have two of the bears still around. <laughs> two bears still in play. Just trying to figure it out. Trying to figure out which bear to, to keep in my life. But I've been talking too long. So Jen, what's going on with you? Well, just wait, 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 before we get to me, are you going to be collecting any additional bears? So my awful admission that I have to do, this is me trying to justify it. And I know this is like the worst thing to do. It's like, well, actually, I'm justified in doing this terrible, destructive behavior. Ah, more filibuster. No, it's just like, I like attention. I like people 
talking nicely to me. And so sometimes I will still go on to Grindr and prowl around a bit and initiate conversations or allow conversations to be initiated with me. So I am not actively pursuing like getting together with another person, but I can't say that I'm just like, oh, I'm wholly invested in this, these people here. I'm still going and, and uh, mm. I don't know, emotionally talking with other people. My friend Anna calls that the tell me I'm pretty phase of mm-hmm. dating. I don't want to hook up with you. I don't want to be, but I just want a bunch of people, strangers to tell me I'm pretty. Tell me I'm pretty. And then I'll That's be exactly what I want. <laughs> yeah. Jen, how is your life going? Well, I am worried. I'm worried. I might have a bear of a problem on my own end. So I come back from Italy. And as you know, I'm in the last episode, I was like, I want it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. I'm going to try to be in pursuit of the full efficacy of Jen, right? Like Mm -hmm. the strong personal Jen, the strong relationship Jen, the strong professional Jen. I'm going to see if I can get them all in alignment. Mm -hmm. So I've been talking to Jesus. Yes, there's the music. Um, is not the is not the biblical figure. Is the uh, a man who looks strikingly like Jesus? And I'm trying to engage him in the process of, you know, here are the things that I would like to accomplish. Here are the professional goals. Like if you're going to be part of this, and we're going to be in this together, and we're going to be in it to win it. Here are all of the other things that I'm trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to panic at what I would describe as a flaccid place of inertia because... Not anything that a man wants to be called. Yeah, no, no, let, not uh, least of all him. And I think that the challenge that I'm having is that... And it's kind of catching me by my blind side. And I alluded to this a few episodes ago. He's a good man. He's a driven man. His his kids are all the great qualities of a great man. You know how they say the relationship between fathers and daughters, like all the best astri- attributes can can find their way into a new generation with a good with a good dad at the helm. Challenge that I'm continuing to have is with the ex. And mm. I, I kind of can't believe it because certainly dating throughout my career, my career, I was going to say career, my career of dating, certainly mm. up through my life of dating, I this is not the first time I've encountered an ex. But is it is the first time that I have encountered an ex and had a problem because we're just diametrically opposed. Like you were opposed with her. Yeah, I just think that there's this level of of cognitive dissonance. So I think the two biggest things that I bring to a relationship, you guys have all been bearing witness. Kyle, you've been bearing witness to the fact that I bring a total high amount of dysfunction to a relationship. I'm tough to settle. I get nervous. I am super independent. I struggle to think I'm good at things. I bring all of that imposter syndrome into a relationship. Mm-hmm. But the two strengths I do bring into a relationship are the fact that I'm focused and I keep a relationship focused and I keep it facing forward. And I am a protector. I defend mm-hmm. fiercely the person that I'm with. And I, I still see both sides. I'm still objective. But I'm, I'm a fierce def, you know, defender. And this relationship leans me down a path of the two things that I'm not good at, which is being part of what I would consider to be abject chaos and situations where I need to allow my partner to struggle because it's none of my business. But are you being forced into this because she is drawing you in or because of his inaction? No, not his inaction. I think if anything, Jesus is coming up pretty straight down the middle with this. He's been really clear about the situation Mm. that he's trying to manage. But the challenge that I have is that I really couldn't put my finger on it for the longest time until I was talking to a girlfriend about a a matter totally unrelated to this. And she was talking about gaslighting. And we've talked about gaslighting on this podcast before. And that's when I realized that that really is what is at the heart of this challenging situation that uh, that my partner is in is that, you know, all of those gaslighting red flags are there, right? Like we could just run through the checklist, right? Having to apologize, you don't really know what it's for, but you're just endlessly in iterations of apology. Same things didn't happen that actually happened. Um, you know, there's a flood of affection and then that affection is abruptly yanked away in favor of conflict. When you try to explain things, you're, you know, dismissed and 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 you're seen as overreacting or too sensitive. Like there's there's this common misconception that, you know, what you say has no validity because it's not honored by the other person. I think obviously the 
the worst part about gaslighting and the hardest part to for me to watch is like the process of of watching someone try to edit every word before they speak it, you know, changing any thought that could possibly be misconstrued. I will often use the visual of like watching a person try to walk through a landmine. You know, you just hope that you don't step and feel that crunch of the pin because you know the minute you take your foot off, it's just going to blow your leg off. And I think that, um, you know, for me in my life, I'm just not down for it. I'm just not down for it. And it, and it really frustrates me because, and this is the most bold I've ever been. I think there may be capacity to build something truly incredible here. We mm-hmm. both really respect each other. We're both really trying. We both really like a lot of the same things. We, he's a focus forward person and I'm a focus forward person that you have bad days, but you let it go and you move forward and you, you know, you find common ground. His values are my values and and that's important to me. You know, there's two little kids involved, which I think is what kind of makes me just want to just like go absolutely bonkers because because they like you because they like me and they love their their they love their father. And I think that when then when you have this other force of like, hi, I need to create villains and victims today. You just want to just feel like the unnecessariness of it mm-hmm. is 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 gutting. And so I know you you're not much for. Well, you're not at all for ultimatums, but this no. does feel almost like, hey, I cannot be a part of this chaos. So something has to change or else I can't stay here. I think that that's a great 40,000 foot view to have. But I think it gets a whole lot more complicated in this situation because there's very little my partner can do to change this architecture. I mean, you know, people have a right to feel the way they are. I used to write for a for a politician and and he used to deal with situations where people would just be villainous for no reason and he used to tell me that uh you know it's it's a thing about integrity and and for some people integrity is an instinct and for other people it's a journey and you have to find grace for people when it's on their journey. I know that something that Jesus and I have been talking a lot about is like how do we put really good rink boards around this because what we're finding and what we're cognitively realizing is that we have goals. He has career goals and he has ambitions and he has a vision for his family. I obviously am driven by many goals, probably too many, and I have a real vision. Our day-to-day life looks a lot like this. We wake up, we say kind things to one another, we make plans, we mitigate problems, we try to do everything we can to create the best possible experience for two little people who really are kind of in it to win it with this whole experience. We have fun, we laugh, we find joy, we make memories, little people go to bed, and then he and I just look at each other and go, okay, uh, what does your phone say? Uh, well, what does your phone say? Because we're just trying to look at like, okay, you know, what's manifested today because we know mm-hmm. there's just dissatisfaction. It's just endless iterations of dissatisfaction. And on a good day, I'm like, listen, you know, we honor people's journey. And on another day, I'm just like, get a hobby. This is totally, this is, this <laughs> is, and I like cognitively, I know, like cognitively, I'm smart enough to know. And I carry this to an audience who's dating people and they have an ex and you're kind of like, what? what the hell is this? Cognitively, like we know that it, this is probably a case of a lack of coping strategies. But emotionally, I'm just so dissatisfied because actually not dissatisfied. I'm disappointed because it's it's just a bad choice. It's just a bad choice. There's I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> uh, exactly. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed because, you know, there's just you know, I, I'm like, I have references. I'm, I've been with other ex, I've been with other exes. I work cooperatively. I'm here to be a problem solver. I'm here to be focused. And it's just constantly like, just let me fight about every single possible thing I can, I can find. And on a good day, he can manage it. He can just go, okay, well, that's, she's upset and that's where we live. Uh, and on a bad day, you can just really tell it gets under his skin you know, me as the protector, it's really, really difficult for me to stand away. And then it's also really difficult for me to figure out where to stand, period, because as we continue to go forward, this is going to have to have some really stringent rink boards around it because it's just going to become all consuming. And there are moments when like I, I want to talk to my partner about, you know, things that are on his mind related to his career and his things on his mind related to his goals for his family 
I want to talk about opportunities that are come to me, but all of this just sucks up all the air. And then you just think, is this person winning? And then you think, oh my God, is it a competition? And then you think, oh my God, I got to go to bed. (laughs) I got to go to bed. So I'm really, I'm really discouraged by all of that because one, and, and this is my fatal flaw is because when something is unnecessary, it gets right under my skin. And once it gets under my skin, it's tough for me to like get it out and expel it. So I am trying to just put this situation on a little bit of ice without putting my partner on ice. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's what I'm dealing with there. All right. Well, good Doesn't luck. That suck? Doesn't that, do you have any advice for me? As someone who has never had to deal with an ex full stop, no. It feels awful because I am also the person who hates quote unquote drama coming into my life Mm. that I feel is completely unnecessary. I have this mistaken belief that we're adults and we should be able (laughs) to just like talk about problems and be like, okay, yeah, this is the solution. This will help alleviate people's concerns. But then when there's a party that's like unwilling to even attempt to come to the table, then that's hard to, to deal with. Let alone it's like, you have to constantly be in my life. It's hard because like, you know, something that Jesus says that I really love is he'll often just say like, oof, like we're trying to solve a problem. He'll just go, this is hard. But let's not forget that it's you and me versus the problem. Mm-hmm. Not you and I versus each other to find like a Thunderdome solution to the, to the problem. And when you're in that situation where it's just like high conflict, you're just like, oh, okay. This is not, and it's about every possible thing. And you Mm -hmm. just think this is not productive. This is just something to do. This is rocking chair behavior. It's just something to do, but it doesn't move you forward to anything. And I think that that's just so disappointing because you're right. We'll operate under the assumption that we're all adults. And it's just, oh boy. And I have this feeling that it's just going to get much worse before it gets better. And I'm hoping in all my heart of hearts that that I'm wrong. Because I just, I'm not in, I'm not game for this. This is madness to me. Really enough, my Thunderdome name would also be Master Blaster. Just if anyone was curious. Oh my God. Let's go to the fishbowl. Yeah. Here, I'm going to grab it here. I get to lead it here this week. I'm going to grab my own keys. I don't know why I keep putting them in there. (laughs) Jen, question number one. It's from Kathy. She actually supplied her name. Kathy writes, my boyfriend just finished a master's degree. While I'm proud of him. I feel we skip over how hard the last three years were while he finished it. A lot of sacrifices, a lot of missed time, a lot of money. And I think there were a lot of promises that this would change our lives. I'm ready to travel, make money, get married. Today, he told me he was accepted into a doctoral program, and I just cried. Then, he got mad and had the audacity to question my support. We have been together for eight years. I've supported him for eight years. What do I do? I can't have wasted eight whole years. What say you, Jen? Oh, well, there's a lot of grenades in this question for sure, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there are three. The first one she says, I think there were a lot of promises that w- this would change our lives. Well, weren't you an active participant in curating? Yeah, not to get all nerdy on you, but it either, as Yoda would say, there, <laughs> there, there is or is not. There is no, I think we had a promise. It's like you either had a promise or you didn't have a promise. Yeah. And I find that that can often be the catalyst of people thinking about a relationship like a pendulum. If it swings to your direction to what you need, it should, in theory, naturally swing back to to me and what I need in the relationship. And that is so rarely so, unless you intentionally architect it that way. So she was thinking like, okay, I'll give him two years or three years to complete this master's degree. And then naturally the pendulum will swing to me and we'll get married and have kids and blah, 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 blah. That gets you out of having to be a participant in architecting your own relationship, right? It's that's shirking your responsibility a little bit, Kathy, if we're being honest. And I think that you curate a life together. And so the question becomes, did, did you make a plan post post master's degree? Did he make promises to you? Yes or no? And if the answer is no, we never discussed it. I had just assumed. Well, you know what happens when you assume. The last piece of this is this last statement where she says, I can't have wasted eight whole years. Oh, yeah. So stay. Oh, yeah. So stay then. I remember I had a girlfriend who was like, I can't break up with my boyfriend. He has all my CDs in his car. (laughs) I was like, well, then just stay with him, I guess. This was 2021. (laughs) <laughs> too when this happens. Have a couple so. of kids with them and just keep going. I think that that's crazy. Yeah, 
you know, sometimes we put in eight years of service only to become strangers again. And that is the way life shakes out for 54% of the population is that we build something and it doesn't last and we have to go back to being strangers so, yeah. and we lose that person as a partner and we gain them as a teacher of a whole bunch of lessons we really didn't want to learn, but ultimately make us better. So I would think that if he's doing what's working for him and that is no longer working for you, girl, you done. Yeah, there's this idea that's fairly popular i don't i don't know if anyone's gonna learn it from me here right now but that idea of the sunken cost fallacy it's like well i've spent so much time so i have to keep going instead of stopping and be like okay <laughs> it's like yes. when you go gambling like well i've spent a hundred dollars i might as well spend a hundred dollars more because i'm i'm gonna have to get it back at some point it's like no like just stop yeah that's a great example that's a great that's a great way of looking at it i like that kyle that's good i guess tied to your 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 pendulum idea I, I guess I don't really ever understand this whole philosophy. It's like, well, we can only focus on you for X amount of time, and then it's going to shift to me, and we're only going to focus on my needs, my wants, my desires. I suppose if there was that discussion, which it doesn't actually sound like there was, but if there was a discussion of like, hey, we're going to sacrifice a lot so that I can go through and get this master's degree, and then we're going to go and do this, that's one thing. But... It's like, well, we're only going to focus on this and then we're going to flip around and only focus on me. And then I guess after another four years, we're going to flip around and just help you out again. Like this seems weird. That's not how our relationships work. It's like a constant thing every day. There's a little bit of give and take that happens every single day rather than only you and only you for the next five years. Question number two. My partner is a financial planner and a really good one. But now she lives on her phone. I'm serious. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if I just left how many days it would take for her to notice. Her career obsession has taken all the momentum from our relationship. How do I turn the tide? Oh, no. Um, well, first of all, that sucks. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, person who wrote in. I, <laughs> oh, no, I empathize with this more than you think, Kyle. I have to tell you, when mm -hmm. I was, when I was married, I realized that I was always the conversation starter and the conversation sustainer. And once I caught myself pitching wow. a fight, and then making up from the fight basically on my own. I was like, wow, I'm just self-sustaining in this relationship. This is madness. I'm my own ecosystem. This is great. I am my own ecosystem. That's right. I decided to not be the conversation starter. Like I would be in the room and be happy, and but I would not be the conversation starter. And I wanted to see how long we could go with him starting and sustaining the conversation. And after 11 days, I quit. Mm. Like we went 11 days in silence and he didn't notice. And as a communications person, that just shaved years off my life, that process. I can imagine that by day 11, you would have been like literally losing hair. <laughs> I was like, how does he not notice we're not talking? And then just I was staring at him from across the room. And then I just got panicked that he was just going to be like, these last two weeks have been the best of our relationship. And I'm like, oh my God. This only works if I'm not talking. Um, no, he was just a quiet guy, kept to himself and just was like, I remember he used to get up from a room and shut off the lights because his parents mm. taught him you turn off a light when you leave a room. And I would have to just quietly go, I'm still in here. Yeah, that was that was its own adventure. Mm -hmm. I think we've all had this experience though to a degree with like <laughs> Have either we? Oh god, I hope so. No, but with like I either so. friends or even family members where if we are not the one who calls or texts or starts mm. the conversation, like it would never continue. And some of that, I think personally, I get it. It's like some of my friends married, have kids, other responsibilities. Like I'm sure I'm not prime thing in their mind at this point in their lives. And that's fine. That's okay. Uh, but in a relationship, it's like you should be. <laughs> I was married to this person. Yeah. But so, so here, I think it's just a matter of cognition. Is your partner aware that you feel this way? Or are you doing that passive aggressive thing where you just slam down things to you know, too forcefully. I think you have to approach the situation by saying, hey, this is where I'm at and this is what I feel. And you can't do it in a bitchy way. You can't be like, you can't let it boil. You have to just say, hey, can I just have a chat with you? I'm feeling like you're spending more time hey, with your face. hands. Your I need to tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to somebody date Jen and Kyle, two people that are going to be single forever because they keep calling people fuck face. <laughs> no, I think you just have to say like, because if it overboils, then the person is just going to be managing your emotion. And that d mm -hmm. gets you nowhere. See earlier scenario. Can, can I posit something else here, though? Sure. Here's my, my claim here, because it sounds like this is a relatively new occurrence. I can just tell from my experience, whether it's 
I just started reading this really great book, this really great video game, new series on, on the internet, what, or new podcast that I'm listening to, whatever it happens to be. There are occasions in my life where for whatever reason, I just go buck wild and I'm just focused on that one thing for like a week and a half, yeah. two weeks, even a month. And then I just flush it out of my system and I kind of go back to stasis again. But for whatever reason, for that first little bit, I'm just like, I am all in this. This is all of my life. And I only want to be doing this. And I can see that happening in a job atmosphere too. It's like, I'm just giving more responsibilities. I want to show them that I'm doing great. I want to get the feeling for this. And maybe stasis will return. I'm not going to say that you should rely on that. But I'm also curious that this could be an example of that, like, head of steam at the very beginning before things kind of return back to normal. This feels to me like a pretty sustained problem. And I just rely on the fact, like, would you really email two single people from Calgary who have a podcast if this problem was like four days old? Mm-hmm. Like, I would think that this is probably a pretty sustained problem. But I think the thing that I want to be- At an least ad- eight days. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be an advocate for her in this question because, you know, she's obviously striving for something in her career and I want to honor that woman to woman. But I think that we're always, no matter what your gender or situation is, you're always in a position where you're trying to find balance, trying to find balance of self, balance of career, balance of relationship. And she may not be aware that she's out of balance. So you bringing it to her in a way that makes her feel guilt or shame or misery is just going to have the opposite result. So the the key to success, I think, for this guy is to bring his query to her in a way that is like, listen, Mm. what do we share? Like, what do we share this connection what do we share? And mm-hmm. this is something that I need. This is something that I need. And and then and then see what happens. I like that. And especially if you're approaching that in like a very loving and open way. That goes a long way. I can recall this was years ago. And my friend had to my friend had to confront me. It's like she was going through her own uh existential crisis. Well, not really an existential crisis. She was she's always had a problem with food. Let's just put it that way. And mm-hmm. she was noticing how I was saying, oh, I can't eat this or like, that's a bad food and that stuff. This is about myself. And she's like, listen, I'm struggling with this and you calling stuff like bad foods is not actually helping me. And I was not mm. even noticing that I was doing it. I'm like, oh, exactly. thank you so much for pointing this out. Now I can not do that anymore. And then they stopped and <laughs> didn't do that and anymore. And you carry on. Yeah, it's not unrealistic that this could be as simple and as innocent as she just doesn't know she's out of balance because yeah. she's striving for a goal. And this is me. This is me. Sometimes I need to be pulled aside and been like, hey, are you aware that you have been sitting at your desk for 37 consecutive hours? Like you miss Christmas, dude. And you're like, oh, my God. OK, I can do better. I need a sounding board of someone to say mm-hmm. these are my needs and this is how I can meet them. And so she may be in the same spot. Jen, I wish you would stop calling me fuckface. face. Um, OK, so my ne- the next <laughs> <Never>. question. <laughs> next Next question. My wife, Catherine, might as well be called St. Catherine. She is overly committed to volunteer groups and community causes. I respect her choice, but I feel she's failing to see that all of our quality time is spent with me as an unpaid employee to her charitable causes. Have a Friday night together? We're picking up rental chairs for a fundraiser. A night at the movies? Sure, we have to take five neighbors because they never get out. We've lost our connection. The worst part is that four years ago, I was fighting cancer. And during that time, she was so attentive to me. We were never closer. Sometimes I have very dark thoughts of actually missing being sick because I missed the connection we had then. And that thought scares me a lot. Help. Ever had a problem where you wish you had cancer again, Jen? Oh, woof, man. I try to imagine the person that wrote this question and typing it out and how he felt when he finished typing it and leaned back and realized that he just wrote to two strangers saying, I wish I had cancer so that my wife would see me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think you come back from that. I think relationships have ended for less than that. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just a, too much of a bleeding heart for my own good here, Jen, because I look at this question and I agree to an extent. It's like, whoa, if you were in such a place where you were wishing that upon yourself, like that is a huge tell, a huge red flag, 100%. Agree with that. But I also look at what the wife is choosing to do, this St. Catherine. It's not like she's actively being awful to him either. Sure, she's ignoring him, which is not great. But it's not like she's like berating him, going off by herself. Like she does seem to want to include him in these activities. 
So I don't know. I feel like there's something no, there. No, he's not. She said he's an un, he's an unpaid employee. He's an intern of his wife, and we see partners do this. Sure. Where they live in service to the other one. Those honeydew lists that just get longer and longer and longer, where people, one partner commits, and then the other person is like the person that has to get it done. Yikes. Husbands or wives come home and say to their husbands, I signed you up to, to mow the neighbor's lawn. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, okay, I don't want to do that, but okay, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, sorry. I'm just too pragmatic for this question. This person had cancer. Could have died, but lived. And now is living in a situation where he's not happy. What is the point? What is, I'm sorry. I just see this as way too black and white. She's is looking for val. She is looking for validation outside of her relationship. She's looking for people to say, look at me, see me, hear me. And in the meantime, so is he. So they're two people looking for something else to fill their bucket. Why are they still together? Well, I don't know. See, I'm not so quick to, to advocate that. I think they still or do, St. Catherine, I mean, his wife is still do a conversation. I think he does need to go and like, listen, I am having these dark thoughts because I feel like an unpaid laborer to your uh, community needs or your community endeavors. And if she doesn't see uh, a problem or she doesn't think that, or he's overblowing it, then yeah, okay, maybe that's something to to pursue. But I think she's so doing that conversation. This. Is it a conversation or is it an ultimatum? Because people who are like this, who live in the span of charity, can't turn it off. There's something that it fuels inside of them. Mm-hmm. Something that it, it, they're looking for, searching for, some itch that they need to scratch. Like this doesn't, this behavior does not change. People are not broken from St. Catherine. I know this because I was raised by a St. Karen. Right, right, right. You do know though as well, not to go here, but I'm going to. If he does leave his wife... He is going to look like the biggest jerk in the world. Oh, his wife I hate that. sat beside what? him. And all he did by to thank oh, her was to go God. off with somebody else. You're right. He'd better stay with her. No, that's not and what I'm be miserable no, 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 no. because he owes the narrative of she was a good woman. That's such horseshit. Kyle Marshall. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that knowing society, that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm not, I'm not advocating for him to stay if he's, he's not happy. But I, that is what's going to happen. I think if you survive cancer, you don't give a shit what society says. Sorry, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe you've never been this wrong before. <laughs> okay, you got to weigh in. I'm, we're going to post the question to social media, and I want you guys to, to weigh in. Does he go? Does he stay? Should he stay or is should he go? Is it an ultimatum? Should he stay or should he go now? We're going to... You can find this question on all of our social channels. It'll be on Twitter and Instagram, and you can tell us what you think. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I can't wait for the whole ecosystem of the internet to tell me how wrong you are. Ah, Schadenfreude. Okay, next question. Next question is, I can't talk to my podcast partner, Jennifer Sanford, about hard things without them overreacting. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) Don't say that. That's not what it says. I can't talk to my partner about hard things without them reacting. Then the problem is never solved. But don't worry, we're both exhausted. How do I fix this? (laughs) We can't build a life together if we can't communicate, work together, and build something. Uh, I don't know. I can't talk to my partner about hard things with them reacting. It's hard to date a firecracker. It's hard to date someone with a bunch of feelings. I don't know. I don't, I guess I need more information. I sound like you now. I need more information. The question would be, can you get momentum on anything? I think it's a definitely a big red flag if you cannot have yeah. a conversation about hard things, right? Yeah. Also, problems also cannot be solved if you both don't agree that there's a problem in the first place. So if you are, if you're consistently coming to them and like, hey, this is either bothering me or I feel this is a hardship or this is something that we're about to face. And all you're agreed with is like, well, I don't think so. I don't don't think this is a problem. And they get mad and then they shut down. That's hard because you're never progressing. You're still you're constantly in stasis treading water while the sharks are circling. That's a horrible place to be in. Yeah, I think even more simply stated, the question would be, do you want to be with someone who is fueled by feelings? Jennifer Sanford, uh, famous for not believing in feelings. (laughs) Very (laughs) (laughs) anti-feeling. I just, I feel like, and this is clearly becoming a theme of my life. I feel like there's people who have their feelings in check, who want to be pragmatic, solve problems, dive into our greatest challenges and our most exciting opportunities as people, as communities, and as a planet. 
Then there's people who are just like, let me exercise and spew out my ungoverned feelings every minute of every day. Sure. And I just feel like the the world works with the first bucket of people who are trying to be problem solvers, trying to swim through the slew of people just barfing up feelings all the time. You know, we then have to be even more regulated as they become even more irregulated. And it's endlessly unproductive. And so I think this guy just needs to take a step back and say, if problems are never solved because I'm with someone who is fueled by feelings, does that work for me? Right? Make a list of the things you will and won't tolerate. And if that's on it, okay, is this like the third couple I've told to break up? I, I think, think so. But I feel so, like it is. I feel like I'm three for four. Here to be, a, to be abundantly fair, just to try and come at this from the other side, because we're only given so much information in these questions. That is true. There's no rebuttal in these. Let's just say that the person that is quote unquote overreacting is because the other person does greet them in kind of attack mode. Like, this is what's wrong and you're doing this and this, mm-hmm. this is the problem. I could somewhat see how they would feel like, listen, I just don't have to deal with this. I've had family members, I'm not going to name names, but I've had family members where even when they're trying to help, it feels like they're scolding you or like (laughs) admonishing you. It's like, I always shut down when that happens and then don't listen to them because it's like, I don't want to engage with this. And sometimes what you have to do in these situations is you just have to come up and be that pragmatic self. And it's like, listen. I've identified a problem and I want to either have you, I want to have you either offer your opinion or support, or I want to help you, I want you to help me fix it, or I just want you to listen to me vent. At least that gives them, okay, I have three options to go from here. I agree with that. I agree with that. It's about structured support. The other thing is that sometimes we stonewall because we don't want to deal with an issue. Like if the things that he wants to talk about are the things that she's scared about or make her nervous or that she's not ready to talk about. There's the other thing is that, you know, sometimes feelings are the only vestibule you have left to stonewall an issue. Mm -hmm. I once, you know, faked a short seizure to get out of a conversation about moving in with a man. You know, (laughs) it happens. We make choices. In that case, I guess you could say arbitrarily, I was fueled by feelings. So you're right. There's both sides of it. You got anything else in that fishbowl, Mr. Marshall? Oh, it looks like a couple more questions here. This, uh, This one says, I pride myself on being a super communicator. And I think my girlfriend is too. Honestly, one of the biggest reasons I love her is because of how we can talk things through or could once upon a time. When oh, I want to talk about <laughs> when I want to talk about something that's on my mind, we can no longer get through the conversation. I've been trying to talk to her for 5 months about getting the house ready to sell, and we just can't get to the other side of the conversation to put a plan together. WTF. Well, this is just what I was talking about in the previous in the previous a- answer to the last question, which is is she stonewalling on an issue? Mm-hmm. Like you can say, like, oh, we've lost our communication skills, but maybe the other person is just simply not ready to have that conversation. This honestly sounds like a much deeper issue. If you were yeah, communicating sure fine does. and it's just this one thing, by the sounds of it, this one thing that's causing her to like stonewall or blank out, I think there is something deep-seated, whether this was, I don't know, I, I have no idea I'm making this stuff up, but maybe this was your first house purchase, or there was some sort of like very meaningful thing that happened in this house, and her giving it away is not ready to move or out. she's just not ready. Uh, yeah. There's something there. I think there's something much more deep-seated here than just not communicating properly. I agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, here's our last question. <laughs> How do oh, I no. stop my girlfriend's tantrums? Sorry, can I answer this one first, Jen? Sure. What I have to say to the person who who wrote this and sent this in, I really need you to give me the name and phone number of your parents because six-year-olds should not be allowed to be listening to our podcast, let alone sending in questions. (laughs) Yeah. um, What do you mean tantrums? What does that mean? (laughs) Exactly. Um, How do I stop my girlfriend's tantrums? Three great words of advice. Stop dating her. That's crazy. Again, this is like the last, the last two questions. I think we did a clean sweep here of you just telling people this, to break up with one another. You're done. You're done. Get out. You're done. Yeah. I Yikes. How do I stop? I'm never going to forget this question as long as I live. I want this guy to write in, I guess, or girl to write in. It's not gender specific. I want someone to write in and just describe, describe a tantrum. Like, are you in the mall and she's got like her feet on the ground just stomping? <laughs> wow. or she's st- yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What sets off a tantrum? I have so many questions. I'm just now uh, en- if- envisioning a 25-year-old woman 
in the center of the grocery aisle, just like, I want want a chocolate bar. Yeah, oh my God. If you are in a relationship where you are dating someone who is just throwing a tantrum, there's something that you would identify as a tantrum, you done. Mm-hmm. You're done. You guys, you got to ask more specific questions in the fishbowl. If you would like your question answered in the fishbowl, there's a very easy way for you to do so. You can go to our website. That is where you'll find the fishbowl link. The website is somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That is Jen with two N's. You know, we can leave your name like like Kathy did here this week or stay completely anonymous. That is up to you. But what we do guarantee is that we will answer it. Will we answer it well? You've listened to this podcast, so you can tell us. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you it's over. So if you'd like Break someone up. to validate what you're, what you're <laughs> feeling in your, inner, in your inner self, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Okay, uh, here's the burning question. A question so good it burns a little. Ow! This week's burning question is... What is the single most effective strategy to stop the escalation of drama in a relationship? Oh boy, Jen, this will probably cause people to send in some letters here for us, but this is going to sound like I am subtweeting you, but I firmly believe that you permit the level of drama in your life. I mean, if you don't want it, then you're going to say, I don't, I'm not going to permit this in my life. I feel like those are... Kyle has come full circle from a classic genism, guys. He's pulling it from the vault, which is what you permit, you promote. Correct. But but in this case, I think it's true. If you allow in-laws or your significant other, whatever it happens to be. Your podcast co-host. To have little tantrums in the center of the, of the grocery store or to berate you or to like constantly get into fights. You are tacitly saying, I am accepting this as a part of my life. If you put your foot down and say, listen, I do not appreciate this. I'm not supporting of this. If you want to have a conversation, we can have a conversation. But I am not here to to go into drama. You can choose to be in this relationship or not. And then peace out (laughs) at that point. Yeah. Everybody's looking for rink boards. Everybody's Mm -hmm. looking for rink boards. Everybody's looking for that point of threshold where the other person will just simply say no. Mm -hmm. Everybody's looking for boundaries, whether you're a child or an adult. And if you permit something, you ultimately do. You're right, Kyle. You promote it. Mm-hmm. And and then you have a, a situation where it's just it's just something that's so incongruent to your to your values and you're tolerating it because you have a historical context mm-hmm. to tolerate it. And that's not necessary. And that's why you date. That's why you get into relationships and you take your time and you figure out what works for you and what doesn't. And that's why I'm meeting this guy's mother next week. Oh, God. Well, this has been Somebody Date Jen and Kyle and Kyle's new boyfriend's mom. Um, We will be back next Friday with all new content for you. In the meantime, you can reach us on those social media platforms. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We are at Somebody Date. Thank you for joining us this Friday evening. Take good care of yourselves. Be safe out there. Good night. Bye. Bye.